Possession crucial from this. How much longer will the referee allow? Dublin lead by a point. And there's the whistle. It's over. It's over. We earned it by winning the last two matches on the road, and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurland, I love players that will never give in. He hits it. He hits it. It's over the bar. Hello everyone and welcome along to our All-Ireland Final Preview. Myself and Rory are delighted to have a foot in each camp where we have Shane Dowling and Jackie Tyrrell uh, from Limerick and Kilkenny to give us a sense of, well, like, first of all, Jackie, how are you feeling? Like, what's the what's the nerves? What's the excitement like in Kilkenny? Yeah, it's 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 low-key at the minute and it's nearly always low-key in, in Kilkenny. It's always low-key, isn't yeah, it? It'll, it'll build up as, as the week goes on. Um, you know, I suppose a lot of talk down here is, is David Blanchfield, obviously, who... Um, has a bit of a, a, I think he got a bang in, in, in the back, which led to a bit of a, an issue with his lung that he had to go into hospital. So a lot of talk is around, is he going to be fit, is he not? Um, but yeah, they, they opened up training the Tuesday night after the care match, and since then they've shut up shop, so it's been very tight-lipped. So uh, yeah, everyone is kind of looking forward to it. I think there is a bit of a, whereas last year, a lot of the supporters were travelling more in hope. There is an element that, you know, maybe there is a bit more belief in that, Derek seems to have got maybe a bit more out of his team and uh, they seem to be in a better place uh, and their bench, which will probably come on to, seems to be a bit more punched to it. So that's kind of given to Kenny people a bit of hope going uh, going, going into this big one. Mm. What about Limerick then, Shane? What's it like? You know, I was only talking to a guy in the street there a while ago and low-key as well. Like I just remember 2018 and maybe, it's, I don't know, because I was involved in it or whatever and I know I was never one to kind of bury myself away anyway. I enjoyed all build up to matches and I enjoyed, you know, some people you wouldn't see them for weeks upon end coming up to games. It just didn't bother me. And so, yeah, listen, the city centre is not really full of colour. I, I, there's there's bits and pieces around, but um, do you know, even what Jackie said there, when I saw Kilkenny had an open training session, I was I was delighted to hear that in the sense for Kilkenny people to get in around. And it was a clever thing to do as well. It was a Tuesday after the Sunday. They were never going to do much. You know, lads were able to get in or young young boys and girls were able to get in and have a look at maybe 40 minutes or an hour and tip away. Maybe Limerick has gone to a stage now where if they had an open training session down here, I don't know, the crowd control would probably be something similar to what that uh, Jackie and the boys had back in 29 and 2010. But um, yeah, it's low-key enough. It's, it's uh, over, over previous years, there's certainly be a lot more hype about it anyway. Yeah. Uh, listen, I think, Rory, that's inevitable given the two teams that we have in it. They're well used to this. Yeah, they are. And it's... I think it's a, it's probably just a byproduct of the success that both counties have enjoyed. Now, Limerick obviously are much more successful of late. But I, I think there's a couple of factors at play, Jackie. I genuinely do believe these, look, it's an old hobby horse of mine, but I do genuinely believe that the last two weeks of July is a big holiday time. A lot of Lots of people are away kids out of school they're away all of that that feeds into it to a degree I mean historically if you go back to when we used to enjoy all Ireland hurling and football finals everyone was back in school so that feeds into it too in terms of the buzz around the schools and the buzz around the clubs I think an awful lot of people are away but I'd look I, regardless of what will happen I think there'll be 82,000 people in Croke Park on Sunday and the place will be rocking it should be like I can't wait for it yeah, me too. And everybody else. So let's get into the detail of it then. The one thing I do think, Jackie, is, as you said, last year, different Kilkenny set up. Maybe they came in hope. This year, I, I think it's different. And they can also trade on the fact that they are still the only team in six years who've beaten Limerick in a knockout game. And that has to come for something. And the sense that I get is this time Kilkenny are going to throw something different. Well, I suppose, yeah, if you go back to maybe 2018 when Limerick first made the breakthrough and that epic quarter final at the Beckley Kenny down in Turles, since then, 
relatively in championship, there hasn't been much between these two teams. And if you go back to the 63rd minute when Richie Hogan put that point up to put it a draw, you know, there was nothing in it and, and Limerick got over the line because they're outstanding champions. So you'd like to think that margin is is definitely there, but it definitely hasn't grown any more than two points. And you'd like to think that maybe Kilkenny have closed the gap ever so slightly with the things that Derek have done. So, yeah, I, I, I feel Kilkenny are within striking distance of Limerick. Limerick are favourites because they're going for four in a row and are outstanding champions. And no matter what is thrown at this Limerick team, whether it be injuries, different tactics, different teams, they always come up with the answer. So you you, you just have to, to applaud them for that. So, but, you know, Kilkenny people, we, we they, they are, there is an element of, of belief that I've touched on. But, you know, I suppose when you look at the things that Limerick do as regards how Aaron Galan just seems to be unmarkable at the minute, we're lucky that we have the best fullback in the country that we're armed with him to maybe be able to shut him down to some degree like we did last year. Uh, the middle third, you know, Kilkenny's work rate traditionally, that's always something that they really focus on and they nearly always get parity there. And, you know, in TJ Reid and the farm hurlers probably is Aaron Galan and, and Owen Cody, we have one of them. So we are armed to go toe-to-toe with this Limerick team. You don't look at any area going, God, we're in serious trouble here. They're going absolutely hammer to hammer here in this situation. We have the tools and we have a bench then also to come on that can match that Limerick bench as well. What about Limerick then, Shane? Because is there a sense that Kilkenny are getting closer? Is there a fear in Limerick that... Look, I think you've seen them all year. They have been vulnerable. There have been points, even against Clare, where you thought maybe this run is coming to an end. Kilkenny must strike fear at some point that they are getting closer. Yeah, and I know I was working the night of the league semi-finals where Kilkenny played Cork, and it was probably one of the worst league games I've ever watched. Uh, Kilkenny scraped over the line. And then I went to the league final where Limerick played Kilkenny, and like Limerick won that very, very easy. I think the game itself will have no relevance to the All-Ireland final. But I remember looking on and looking at systems and just looking at a real small tactical element of it. And I just thought Limerick were a good bit ahead of them in that sense. And I know it's Derek's first year in, in the job, but I, it is and it's not. It's his first year as Banished Door, but he was six years of Brian Cody and obviously didn't manage uh, with the 21s last year to won the All-Ireland. But it's still his first shot at the big job. And uh, I just wonder, tactically, from a Kilkenny viewpoint, are they where... I suppose they want to be or would like to be maybe seven months into the job where Limerick are seven years into the job. But um, I mean, the one thing that you love about Kilkenny and this is fact, I mean, I, I had this, this discussion with a friend of mine the other day and we said, if we didn't, if we weren't from Limerick, we'd probably be from Kilkenny because they're just, they're so honest. Uh, they don't give out about anything. They get on with it. They take as hard as they give. There's, you know, and that's just the way they are. But um, I just, everybody knows where Limerick are. Uh, do people really know where Kilkenny are? That's that's where it's at for me. I, I'm not so sure I, I know where they are. But as Jackie rightly said there, when you look at the players that are on the pitch that they have, they have got the ammunition to take it to them. I mean, like Adrian Mullen, we were even discussing like how many Kilkenny players would get onto the Limerick team if you were to, if you were to go through it. And there's probably five or six, like, you know, which is the most in probably most counties that have the ammunition at the back. And Jackie said with Hugh Lawler, Mikey Butler, um, you know, but then you go to midfield, Adrian Mullen, T.J. Reid, on Cody up top. I mean, Paddy Deegan, the half-back line. There's, there's plenty, plenty good players there. But uh, the one big thing for me, I think, Jackie, looking into the game is, uh, and I know it's only a small element, people might think, oh, tactical or whatever, but there's probably going to be about 80 puckouts in the game on, on Sunday, right? And uh, I remember watching the game last year, and basically Limerick said, you know what, now, you can give it your full-back line, no problem. And they would throw everyone back to field. And when Owen Murphy went long, they all have forwards there to pick it up. But Limerick wanted them to go short and Kilkenny didn't deal with it that well. 
And the question I have is, what have they learned or how better have they got in the last 12 months of doing that? Uh, I'm not so sure. So I think it's Sunday the most interesting part for me will be, I think Limerick are just going to say their full back line, take the ball and they'll probably hit it long or if you try to go short, we're the best team in the country to turn you over. And for me, I think that's a massive part of it. I think that's key as well, Rory, because mm-hmm. these are probably, to be fair, have shown all year round the two best keepers in the game at the moment. And that element, as Shane puts it, is as much a part of their game as the shot stop. And I think he's right. I think I think that could be a huge part of this on Sunday. They're by a distance, the two best goalkeepers. I mean, they're probably in a duel for the All-Star. Not that that will mean a huge amount to either of them on Sunday, given it'll be the result that will count. Yeah, I think there is a small little bit of a difference. I was just looking at the Kilkenny half-forward line in last year's All-Ireland final. It was Billy Ryan, Podrick Walsh and TJ Reid. Now, two-thirds of that have been replaced since TJ kind of plays further. Obviously, you know, his mobility isn't probably what it once was. And Podrick Walsh, as we know, has more impact off the bench. Um, one of the big and look distribution isn't going to be a factor like I think that's the beauty of Nicky Quaid and and um and 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 Owen Murphy like their their ability to pick passes but obviously bomb it long when it's needed one aspect and I'd be very interested in both lads views and everyone's views is here is the start Limerick made last year was one two to no score after Mm -hmm. six minutes and Okay, five points, you'd say. That's not a lot in hurling. But even if you look at the last time Limerick were beaten in the championship by Kilkenny, it was really the start that caught Limerick that day where they had to play a big game of catch-up. And I think from both teams' point of view, they'll want to plant their flags fairly early in this game to make sure that they don't end up having to, you know, play scoreboard tactics too early on. Um, and that'll be absolutely essential. And I think what that feeds into is the terms of reference, the sort of the combat element of it and how quickly both teams cope to those types of conditions. That is going to be fascinating, particularly with a referee who's refing possibly his first, possibly his last All-Ireland final. So all of those things I'm just fascinated by. Yeah, like that has a huge element of it, Jackie, to be fair, because... I think John Keenan refereed the best game of last year in the Munster hurling final when he let it go, when those terms of reference that Rory said were, were clearly laid down. And it is an awful pity that he's going to hit the 50 mark next year, which may rule him out of intercounty action because he has been a brilliant referee. But I do think Rory's right. That's going to have an impact as well on this and just how they set down the tone from the very, very early stages. Yeah, well, I suppose the non-negotiables of that Limerick and Kilkenny, they will completely go at it straight away. And how John Keenan handles those first 5, 10, 15 minutes, you know, it, it sets the tone for the game. And, you know, when I always played the game, you knew after 10 or 15 minutes what you could and you couldn't get away with, depending on the referee. So you have to kind of adopt your game to that. Like, um, But, you know, it's great to see John Keenan getting it. I know it's just in his last year. And I remember meeting him last year and he was quite down about how he hadn't got a game since the Munster final and how he facilitated an outstanding game. So it's great that he has been recognised. I know it's in his last year, but you know what a, a swan song for him to go out on. But the referee will have a huge bearing on this game. Hopefully we won't be talking a whole lot about him after the game. I don't think we will. I think uh, post-game it'll be, you know, all lauding to the champions and and, and and the contest that is going to unfold over our eyes. But yeah, it, it it's going to be very interesting. I would say that middle third, we always talk about it, but it is a crucial piece I think, you know, we talk about what have Kilkenny done. Well, I think they've changed. If you think of last year, their half-hour line that, that 
Rory will lose at Parik Welch is, isn't, isn't, is, is on the bench. Keane Kenny started midfield. And I remember a moment after about 15 minutes where a ball came to him and he kind of controlled it. William O'Donoghue came in and just blew him over. Literally took the ball off him. It was, it was almost like taking, taking candy from a kid and, and, and Keane was pulled at half time. Keane has a different role now. He won't be starting in the middle of the field. He'll probably go and be more attritional guys in Conor Foley and Adrian Mullen. So I think it's those subtle tweaks that, Der- that Derek has done kind of in the background that a lot of people haven't really noticed that add up to something tangible. The, the likes of John Donnelly and Tom Phelan who are real grafters in that middle third. And I think TJ spends the majority of his time back out the field. And he, he probably hasn't the legs or the pace to get away, but his fitness is still outstanding. And you look at the semi-final... And people, you know, were giving out about Tony Kelly being back in his backs and, and that. But there was no one giving out about TJ going back to the backs. Why? Because when he was going back, he was impacting the game. He was getting turnovers. He was winning frees. And you see how that galvanised the team. He won a free and lads just ran, slapping him on the back. So it's that kind of stuff. It's one thing going back into your defence, but it's actually manipulating and doing something positive and winning ball. And that's what TJ does. So I do expect him to spend a lot of the time outside, particularly if Owen Cody's doing the business inside and Remember that you don't have any Sean Finn now to, to tack him in the final. Mm. Yeah. The other thing, they, they'd want to be careful as well, though, um, Shane, because he's lethal on the freeze. Like, he's practically 100%. So if Limerick are going to give away it and missing the likes of Sean Finn, they'd want to be careful because TJ is the ultimate man to punish him. Yeah, and just even, sorry, to go back on one point there you mentioned with John Keegan, I just think they could have words as well. John is, he's a personable guy. And the, the one thing about a personal referee is that he communicates you well and uh, well on, on the pitch, like, you know, and uh, there's massive respect for him among nearly every inter-county player that I'm aware of anyway. But I just want to say, how stupid is it that at 50 years of age, you're not allowed to referee an inter-county game at 51? Yes, I remember a couple of, a couple of weeks ago, we were on a show um, with David Coldrick and Barry Kelly. And I mean, Dave is one of the, fittest referees in the country he's done numerous All-Ireland finals and he was sick actually he was telling me for a number of weeks leading up to his fitness tests and failed it and that was it one strike and he's out but just how stupid is the rule that I mean when you're 51 years of age you can referee an inter-county game even if you're if, if, if you're fit enough to do it so it makes no sense to me I know it's a, it's a probably an argument or a conversation for another day but anyway listen it was John's last year to get it and thankfully he is getting it he deserves to get it but I suppose it just is disappointing to see a referee like him who's more than capable not allowed to continue on into next year solely because he's going to be 51 years of age. Yeah. Well, look, hopefully he has a great game and he allows a great game to unfold because mm. like, that's kind of the key of it, Rory. Like, you know, his impact on this, I'm not going to say it, it's worth more than the players, but actually having a referee who is going to let it flow is going to make this an All-Ireland final to remember. Yeah, last year, in fairness to Cullum Lines, I thought he facilitated a brilliant contest last year. I thought it was a very physical game and he kind of understood, the players understood, and I think both teams would buy into that. I, that's why I think it just makes it so fascinating because I don't necessarily, like the teams, they're very physical teams. They are, and but obviously all the skills to go with it. But I, I, they're not dirty teams. They just play real hard hurling. Like I would expect, and we were laughing about this before we came on air, I do expect the mayor come on to be a busy person on both sidelines. Like there's going to be timber flying. And like, that's exactly, look, let's be perfect. That's, that's what we want to see. That's what the people at home really do want to see. I think that 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 would be the task for John Keenan. And I'm sure he'll rise to the challenge. And it is a shame that 51, I think I suppose the only thing that they might turn around on the flip side from a Croke Park perspective and say, look, it's, it's hard enough. Refereeing hurling with one player, like, I mean, just the speed of it and everything else. And it's very difficult to keep the fitness levels up. But I suppose if he can pass it, why are you putting uh, just this arbitrary age in there? I look, I suppose, long story short, this is 
this is set up. You have one team that's going for four in a row, trying to emulate what the other county has done in recent times. It's 50 years to the year since Limerick won that famous All-Ireland back in 1973. There is, I, I would often argue with some of my friends and they may disagree. I, you know, there's this thing in hurling, there's the big three. In my view, there's a big four now. I think Cork, Tipperary, Limerick, and, and, and Kilkenny are, you know, and I think that's a good thing for hurling and that Limerick have established themselves really now. They're right up the top table and they're there to be knocked. But there's no better buckles. There's no better buckles out there to come knocking. And um, ah, listen, it's just full. It's full of intrigue. It is. Well, with that in mind, then, Jackie, when you meet the lads, are you just reminding them here? Don't let this crowd get ahead of us now. Let's just <laughs> leave it in there. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's f funny because, you know, because you work in the media and things like that, when you meet a player, you'll talk about everything bar the match. You'll talk about the sun, moon, the stars, the anything at all, because, you know, obviously you're on the other side of the fence and I'd hate for any of the lads to ever think you'd be probing for information or things like that. But I suppose that won't form any part of conversations or talks that Derek will, it's, it's obviously something there. Um, and this great Liverpool team will always be compared to this Kilkenny team and vice versa, and there's different... You can go around houses on it, really. But um, I suppose there's 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 a thing in Kilkenny that the, if they get to an All-Ireland, they feel they can win it, whether they're up a team that goes for four in a row or Cork or three in a row, whatever the case may be. And, uh, you know, although Derek, he does kind of get a year to kind of, you know, find his feet. But when you get to an All-Ireland, people will be quick to remind you, you know, you have an expectation to go up there, deliver the goods and bring, bring home Liam McCarthy. And it's a far cry, you know, when, when Shane was talking about earlier on in the league, you know, like halfway through the league, Kenny were absolutely obliterated by tip. We had a kind of a, a so-so semi-final with Vega and Cork and then Limerick wiped the floor with us as well. So so to be fair to Derek, since he's since that point to where he's got him now, the team is like chalk and cheese and it's it's a totally different resemblance. So it's um and I in, I interviewed Derek there for for RT during the week and we were having a chat and you know I was asking him about Limerick and things like that and he said one of the things he, he mentioned a couple of words he, kept, he mentioned the word brave a couple of times about being brave and I asked him what does that look like what does that manifest themselves come half three uh, Sunday week he said it's it, at times when Limerick are on top to stay looking for the ball to keep being brave keep trying to do the right things and I just got a sense that they're going to have a real go they're going to push up on Limerick they're going to ask the questions and they're going to really try hunt Limerick down now that's a very hard thing to do but I did get a sense that he's going to be brave he's not going to be sitting back and, and, and minding space that the way to beat Limerick is to push push hard and squeeze him for 75 or 80 minutes See the thing is Shane Limerick are so used to that now and that is the one thing that makes them righteous champions in that they have been pushed by the Kilkennys by the Clares and so far they've dealt with it so can they do it again on Sunday and I think the motivation for them is massive. Like Jackie might say, Kilkenny aren't saying it, but I do think for Limerick to have a slice of being the greatest is like, it's got to be right up there with one of the biggest motivating factors. Yeah, but you know, and, and I can tell you for a fact is that that wouldn't actually be discussed whatsoever at all inside the camp. Like I, obviously, you know, I've worked under the, the Bonish door and Caroline, everyone that's in there, that wouldn't be brought up for a single minute. And as boring as this may sound, Jackie, it's the truth and it's the reality of, where groups are at these days. It's numbers driven, it's process driven, and that's all they go after. And yeah, when all that is done afterwards, then they can sit back and talk about it. And yes, they are human. Don't for a second think they're not. And that is something that they're aware of. 
but it's not something that they think of or speak of or go after. It's literally, I mean, Sean O'Donnell does a video analysis. I saw an interview with John there during the week, you know, highly praising him, saying he steers the team and he does indeed do that. And I mean, he will have spoke, he will be speaking to the boys this week and he'll be saying, you hit these numbers, you hit these targets, you win the game. If you don't do that, you won't win the game. So going for four in a row or trying to emulate a Kilkenny team and all that, of course they know about it. They can't block themselves away from it, but they don't care about that right now. There's one thing they want to go after, and that's just getting numbers. And I know the people listening, it's all tedious and boring and processes, and people are sick of all these fancy words, but that's where things are at these days inside and setups. And I've no doubt that uh, the Kilkenny boys and Derek and all the other modern-day coaches and managers, that's what they go after. But Limerick are lucky that they've been in these situations over the last couple of years, and um, you know they, they know how to get out of situations. There was many games this year where one, two, three points, somehow they found a way to win. I, sometimes you could ask yourself, is there a bit of luck, you know, that they're, they're, they're winning by a point or two? When you do it three, four, five, six, seven times over a couple of years, it can't be luck. Hmm. What has to happen then, Shane, for Limerick to win this All-Ireland on Sunday for you? What's the key? I think over the last number, this year, but over the last number of games, I don't think we've got all players firing yeah. at once, right? Yeah. And the one player that has been keeping everyone going, especially in the Munster final, was Aaron. And again, in the semi-final, he was the man that just got him, you know, got the goal, got a couple of points and just got the group going again, if you want to call it. I think the biggest, the, the, Hugh Lawler is the biggest job on, on Sunday, as far as I'm concerned, because it grew, has me firing. Like William is probably, you know, an all-known evidence that we have. William is going to be centre-back again. Um, like he's taken out of the middle of the field so the, I think I think you lose something there um, so I mean if, if you're, you'd be hoping Grode finds form he has done in all the other and finds that he's played but I think for me if, if from Kilkenny viewpoint if Hugh Lawler could cut out Aaron Gillan that basic duel alone I think it could go a long way for Kilkenny winning the game but if Aaron fires and one or two or three more of the lads that haven't been firing Seamus Flanagan Garode I mean, Dearman didn't really pop up the last day with a few scores, but Kyle did. But what if they both popped up together? So I just think if... if, if There could be a big performance in Keane Lynch, for instance, Shane, because, I mean, you know, the injury he had was... He's obviously still recovering. It was obviously a very serious one. He played okay the last day, but obviously there's way more in him, you would imagine. There is, and and that game, the last day, no different to William O'Donoghue, it'll stand to them as well. Hmm. Uh, But at the other end... Like, Owen Cody was fine and bad in last year's All-Ireland final, but he did have Sean Finn stuck to him. And I mean, like, you know, Dan or, or, or Mike Casey, two great players, but Sean Finn is an unbelievable defender. I mean, Barry Nash ain't going to be marking him. <laughs> so, like, uh, I think Owen Cody can take a bit of uh, solace in knowing that, you know, he's still going to be marking two unbelievable defenders, but he's not going to be marking Sean Finn. Uh, and I mean, if you put TJ and Owen uh, Cody in there and got the ball in quick enough, they could do danger in there. But, but from a Limerick viewpoint... Uh, I just hope that the Hugh Lawler doesn't nullify the man at the edge of the square. Mm. To be fair, Owen Cody has been that guy for Kilkenny as well, in, in the same way that Galan has Jackie. Like some of his performances this year have really kept Kilkenny flying. What else, apart from him, because I presume he's going to be central to what you say, what else needs to go right for Kilkenny in your mind for you guys to win? Yeah, the only concerning thing about that, Jackie, is we've been so reliant on him for yeah. scores and play, for all the good work TJ does, and he does some unbelievable work to freeze his scores, how he drops backs, wins ball, set up. TJ will only get you a point or two from play and probably will shoot the lights out some freeze. John Donnelly, Tom Phelan, the bench, they'll chip in with a few points. 
But the concern would be if Owen Cody doesn't have a day of days and gets you two or three points, which there's nothing wrong of, who picks up the slack? Where do we get the other scores? So you will be looking to those guys I spoke to. They'll need to contribute more, more from play. Mossy Keown has had a disruptive time with injury from, we say, the last round Robin when he hurt his hamstring against Wexford. He's great for a goal. But that game, the semi-final, will have, he will have got through that. He'll have got a bit of need more from Mossy, need more from the lads that we spoke about. So that has to be uh, something that Kilkenny are working on. And hopefully, if Owen Cody has a day of days and gets 2-2 and all the other boys come in, well, then we have a great chance. But for me, and just to touch on Shane's point, I don't think you shut down Aaron Galan. I don't think you take him out of the game. I don't think he comes off the field not scoring from play. He's too good. He's too central to the plans. They look from every time. And I even watch sometimes. I think Seamus Flanagan sometimes just gets out of there, just creates the space because Aaron Galan is an assassin. For Hugh Lawler, if Aaron Galan walks off with two or three points in play, really good job. And it wouldn't be arrogance, but I think Hugh Lawler is an outstanding fullback and I think he's capable of that. Um, the thing for me is, is Limerick's half-forward line. And when I think of being brave and how we pressed him last year, and I always go back to when Richie Hogan scored that point, the next puck out, Paddy Deacon gave Garrod Hagerty too much space off the puck out, a simple puck out, caught it, and they got a handy score off it. That kind of stuff can't happen. So I would worry about our matchups in the half-back line, considering if David Blanchfield isn't there, because he's the perfect guy for Garrod Hagerty. And if you think with 10 minutes to go in last year's All-Ireland, when Garrod Hagerty was causing a wreck, David Blanchfield comes in, one of the first puck outs comes down, he catches the put over the bar. So if he could somehow be fit for the weekend. What do you think the chances are of that, Jackie? Oh, look, he was in hospital for, for a couple of days. I heard he's back doing a small bit of jogging. Look, it's all Ireland final, Jackie. All bets are off. You'll pump yourself with a couple of injections and you'll go out there and you, you, you'll, you'll take one for your county. So I'd like to think that. And he's a great lad and he's a tough, tough bit of stuff. So I'd like to think that he, he will be there. Um, but look, if you're going out not 100% and you're going on Garrod Hagerty, it's not ideal either. So just that half-back line and that absolute incessant press on Tom Arcee, Keane Lynch and Garrod Hagerty, where you're literally in their underpants and you don't give them a sniff because if you give these lads half a yard, they'll beat you. That, for me, is where Kenny will win or lose the game. It's going to be a war, Rory, isn't it? Yeah, like it's... it's like, I mean, for the neutral, it's just mouth watering you just can't wait and um yeah i think the only thing i'd say like and jackie makes a really good point as well in relation to that richie hogan point that he scored was it the 66th minute or the 63rd minute or 64th minute to get it to a level one was it was looking there 223 126 but limerick are masters coming down that home stretch i mean would you back against them even in that situation how many times have we seen how many times have we seen down through the years that you you Limerick in positions where teams have been level? Galway have managed to get them there. Clare, Cork, I think maybe on a couple of occasions, they still always come out on top. Even Waterford, I think Waterford might have gotten the game back reasonably level when they were down to 14 players in the first round of the Munster Championship this year. So like an all-known form, you know, you could never back against them, no matter what's thrown at them. Injuries, suspensions, off-the-field activity, they have dealt with everything. And this is the tin hat. For me, this would be the greatest All-Ireland that they'll have ever won because they've beaten pretty, they'll have to go through every team and they'll have done it such, such, such a hard route to go down where teams are 
clawing at them to try and to try and get up to their level and they're still coping they're still fending them off and to go through that year after year with by and large a lot of the same cast a lot of the same casting members are still there delivering game after game year after year with all the trials and tribulations to actually put this run of success together it's a big big challenge for Kilkenny but it is definitely one Kilkenny will rise to and I think the respect that the two teams have for each other is what will make this the incredible contest I think it will be I think that's what makes it so intriguing lads before we finish up one other thing around the All-Ireland final that lots of people are talking about is the fact that both teams are not staying in Dublin they're not doing the post-match functions and the banquets that have been synonymous with All-Ireland finals for years and I know during COVID this became a thing that maybe teams went back but like Shane can I just get your thoughts on on like how you feel about it because certainly from my point of view I've always thought this has been a lovely tradition and it's a shame if if it is the end of it because I think fans have generally really enjoyed those banquets I love Jackie I disagree with it it's not I was very disappointed actually when I heard it Um, I mean I I just remember back in you know five years ago uh, it was as a player, for your parents, your supporters, your family, it's a massive thing to go back to the winner's hotel. Obviously, winning makes it a lot easier, right? That, but I mean, it shouldn't. It should be non-negotiable as far as I'm concerned. One goes to one hotel, one goes to the other hotel. It's just what it's. It's part of tradition, as you rightly said. That's what it is. Um, I don't know what the reason was for you know why why they're why they're doing that. Um, but it is very disappointing. I mean, even a small thing there, going to the children's hospital the next morning with the cup. I mean, we've always seen some fabulous photos. And for the kids in the hospital, I mean, the buzz and the lift that they got knowing that, you know, that there was players in the cup and everything that was coming the next day. Um, there's no other word or expression I can put around it, just that I think it's very disappointing. What do you think, Jackie? Yeah, just a couple of things on it. Look, I'd say it's it's driven a lot by obviously the the rise in cost of hotels, and obviously I know City West is 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 vacate or there's a lot of Ukrainian families there as well. And I know Kilkenny traditionally always would win there. You also would have three weeks to an All Ireland, and now you have two, so it's harder to probably the logistics of it, and you're not going to be booking hotels before the semi final. You don't want to jinx it, but we probably are losing a, a, a very special piece, and even. If my memory serves me right, before I played, I think all Ireland finalists used to meet up on the Monday for lunch in Dublin, yeah. going back through the years, which I always thought was lovely. So we're slowly moving away from that, and from now we're we're going back. You know, I I always remember like pulling down City West and the big long lane to drive in, and the families and the clubmates and everyone there. It's a very special night if you win it, and the next morning mingling with supporters, having a breakfast, talking to the to the media. It was lovely, and we always. There was never, uh, you know, you had to cut it off the amount of lads that wanted to go to Crumlin Hospital because it was such a, a special, uplifting experience. And it was just lovely those couple of hours because you knew when you go back to Kilkenny or Limerick, it's just madness and everyone goes their own separate ways. So we are losing a trick. And, you know, uh, so many people, as soon as their team is booked in or it wins in All-Ireland, I remember my own mum and dad, when the final was to be gone, five minutes later, my sister would be ringing City West and booking the rooms in. And it was just that attachment to it. So... I understand the reasons why, but maybe this, as Shane's point, should be non-negotiable and should be part of it. You know, that the, the both teams go to back to hotels and celebrate there and have a great night. And then, and because and even bringing the cup home, well, like if you're home Sunday night with the cup, I know, even the metaphor of that really, you know, I just think we're, we're losing a bit of magic on it. And uh, it was always something that the players loved. Yeah, like call me a traditionalist, Rory, and like say, we've yeah. all grown up in in this fear. But I do think when you look at 
sport the world over. I cannot think of another sport that has the traditions that the GAA has. And I would, as a fan, be sad to see us losing some of these things because I think it would be, you know, look, I don't want to be too, you know, kind of like overselling this, but I, I just genuinely feel like we are constantly moving away from the things that Jackie has talked about. Yeah, and I am a traditionalist as well to a certain extent. And there are tra- some traditions that are silly and maybe needed to go. Pitch invasions were quite dangerous. I always felt that that was a, even though they look spectacular for a couple of minutes, I'd imagine it's quite uh, scary. Was quite a scary place for some of the players, particularly after a final. Um, teams used to run out from the queues down from the the canal end. Once upon a time, that tradition went. There's no problems, but there are some traditions worth fighting for and trying to keep. I think the night of the banquet, and particularly the TV aspect, which I'm sure you'll be involved in this year, and I hope that's still. I hope that still remains because I think it's really, really important. People used to always, you know, because it was a lot of hassle for us in terms of organization. But what you're doing really there is you're giving the celebrating county and the winning county and you're giving people and elderly people. And I know this is can sound a little twee, but you are giving people a little window, a little flavor and a small little kind of a a glimpse into the celebrations that makes them feel a part of it because it's such a special time in a county. Then you double down on that with what happens the following day in Tempest Street, which is a no for a fact because my next door neighbor is a nurse in there. She says, what a lift that used to give the children in there. It was incredible. Like So that to me, to me is another shame. But the other thing that I'm curious is, and I understand Jackie's points about why are absolutely fair, but the GA own a hotel right across the road. Can the winning team not be put up there? I mean, you know, just have a winning team banquet there, boxed off or whoever wins. And the losers go home, sorry. Well, well, the losers (laughs) might want to go home, you know? Like, the losers may want to go home, and if they do, then that's fine. But if you're talking about cost, then I think it's incumbent upon the governing body to offset that, to make it easier for people, you know? We, We saw some of the figures that were being quoted in site in front of that public accounts committee last week it's not exactly an organization that's scrambling around for a few bob so i don't understand that i think that these are the types of things that we should look to try and protect because i think they're important for ordinary people and they sometimes get forgotten when these things go yeah well, look, hopefully all the ordinary people who are going to the game uh, enjoy it. I hope you enjoy it as well. The nerves will be all right for the Perry, I presume. <laughs> you're going to be, uh, it's, a, it's, it's a difficult one to spectate on when you're not involved because there's an awful lot at stake. But hopefully you'll both enjoy it. And you too, Rory, it's going to be a cracker. Uh, it really yeah. is, isn't it? I can't wait. Yeah. Well, have fun, lads. And to all of you who are listening and going to the match wherever you're watching it, have a great weekend. And here's hoping we get a cracking All-Ireland final. by winning the last two matches on the road and that's not going to be taken away from us. But what I love in Hurling, I love players that will never give in. He hits it! He hits it! 